Welcome to We Are DB. My name is Brenton, and I am joined by Danielle. Hello. And we're doing something different. This is apart from our normal episodes and our honorable mentions. We're doing a bonus episode on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're actually doing a few. We're doing a few of them. We're doing an episode per phase. So these are a taste of the bonus episodes that we usually release over on Patreon. But we're we're releasing a couple out on... Our regular stream. Into the world for free, yeah. So this is sort of a taste as to what the bonus episodes usually are. We sort of get fixated on some questions or a theme or something, and we just sort of talk, and generally they're unedited and uncut. So uh, they're a bit different as to what you might be used to. Um, So we're going to do the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, we started to talk about this months ago, uh, pretty much when Avengers Endgame came out. We realized Mm. that Danielle had seen fuck all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. I think I'd seen Iron Man and Iron Man 2, and that was it. Yeah. At that point. So, really, the beginning of this discussion is the first 10 minutes or so of the episode 14, Inception. Go listen to that and you'll hear as to exactly why we're doing this. We explain what the problem was with Endgame and why Danielle basically needed to watch all of 22 movies in order to understand the cinematic universe. So, go listen to episode 14. Uh, It's a good episode, at least the first 10-15 minutes uh, on the MCU. Why were we talking about Marvel during Inception? Because the list changed, because Endgame beat out Inception at that time because of all the ratings. Uh, So it threw off our numbers and we were explaining why the numbers were thrown off. Mm. Um, So we recorded back in July a 10-minute snip as to... What are Danielle's first impressions? What are the movies that she has actually seen? What are the characters she knows? What are the villains she knows? So, here's that bit. So, we're recording this before we go on our journey and watch all of the MCU movies in order, in preparation for Avengers Endgame. And I just want to record a little bit at the beginning, um, just on your first impressions of the MCU. Uh, How much have you seen Danielle? Start listing them off and I'll go yes or no. <laughs> okay, because you, you're like, some things are Marvel, but they're not MCU, and other things, I don't know what they're Marvel or DC. You I'm, don't really I'm know pretty good things, about knowing DC from Marvel, but not necessarily Marvel from okay. DC, if that makes sense. I personally have seen uh, quite a few of these. I've seen phase one. Do you know what I mean by the phases? No. Okay, so every five or six movies, they sort of say that's the phase and then we're going into a bit of a shift in the storyline. Do um, they give them a name? Like, is no, there it's like... just phase one, two, and three. Okay, so, so there's far. not like an Iron Man phase and a Thor phase or no, something? No, because there's movies uh, for Thor and, and Iron Man and such mm-hmm. in each of the phases sort of thing, which is why I keep referring it to a television series as this is the end of the, the third season because it's the end of the third phase okay. is Avengers Endgame. Okay. And then, um, actually, the the last movie of Phase 3 is actually Spider-Man Far From Home, which, at the time of recording this, hasn't released yet. Uh, okay. It releases on Monday, I think it is. And then every movie after that, for the next few years, is going to be Phase 4. Righto. Okay, so start listing them off and I'll say yay or nay. Okay, this is in order of release from 2008. Good. You've got Iron Man. Yes. The Incredible Hulk. Iron Man 2. Yes. Thor. Captain America, the first Avenger, Marvel's The Avengers, which is the first Avengers movie, Iron Man 3, which is the first one of Phase 2, Thor, The Dark World, which is the second Thor movie, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, it's the second one there, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, Ant-Man is the last movie of Phase 2, and then in 2016, you've got Captain America Civil War, which is the third one of those. Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Spider-Man Homecoming. You have seen that one, haven't you? If that's the one we watched together randomly one morning, then yes. Yeah, because it doesn't really tie in as well, because it is an origin story. Um, The only other character that's in there is is Iron Man. Um, So we have seen that one. And then you've got Thor Ragnarok, which is the third Thor. Black Panther. I saw bits of it on an airplane. 
some on someone else's screen or did you watch it on someone else's screen okay i have a tendency to do that i'll like look over that's how like, i what's saw that? that that's colorful christopher robin one with margot robbie in it it looked really depressing i bet it's not but it looked like oh is she, is she in that is she the live action yeah. christopher robin okay well it's like goodbye christopher robin or something mm. And then there's another one just depressing. called Christopher Robin, which looks confusing to have two name the same thing. Anyways, continue. And then after Thor Ragnarok, you've got Black Panther, Avengers Infinity War, which is the third one, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, which was filmed back to back with Infinity War, so they're a two-part thing. And then finally in phase three, you've got Spider-Man Far From Home. So I guess I've seen a sweet fuck all. You've seen two, and only because I asked you to watch Spider-Man with me. Uh, and apart from that, you've seen Iron Man, which are two very good ones. Like, you haven't seen the crap ones. Would Do you know what is regarded as the best one or the worst one? No. I've heard certain Thors were very good and certain Thors were very bad. I heard Doctor Strange, which I honestly quite want to see, wasn't regarded very well. Black Panther got a lot of good reviews. Endgame got mixed reviews. I think you... Did you see it? Did you go see it? Yeah, I liked it. You said, yeah, okay. You said you liked it. Um, Don't know much about the Hulk. I would like to see the Avengers movies just because I do think I'm missing a pop culture phenomenon there. And I know it's like, let's a few of us team up and fight crime, which is kind of like DC's Justice League is what I'm kind of imagining yeah. it to be. Um, but yeah, that's that's really it. As of at the moment, which is we're recording this in July of 2019, they haven't officially announced any more movies, which is weird because Disney usually shows you what the plan's going to be for the next, like, five years. That's what they have been doing, and they haven't so far. Um, it's pretty good assumption to say that there's going to be a Doctor Strange sequel, a Captain Marvel sequel. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is probably going to be a thing. I've heard that there might be, like, a Black Widow movie but which is kind of weird because she's been in all the movies since like 2012. So I don't mm. know why she would have a, her own movie now, um, but I don't think that that's been official. So it's kind of kind of weird. I don't really know where they're going to go because up to and including Endgame, they're considering that as the Infinity Saga. So all the first 22 movies or whatever they are, um, is considered that saga, and then they're going to go into a whole new branch for the next 10 years, hmm. which is a massive task. I don't know where they're going to go with that. So, yeah, apart from the characters that have their own title movies like Thor, Iron Man, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, uh, Incredible Hulk, can you name many other Avengers? Well, you didn't mention Captain America before when we were listing off ones I'd seen. You have seen Captain America. I haven't seen Captain America, but you just didn't list it. No, I did. There was three of them. Of the Avengers, I know there's Iron Man, the Hulk, Black Widow, that Archer guy who I've never seen and don't know what his deal is. Captain America. Did I say Iron Man already? Uh, I think so, yes. Spider-Man's a new addition. I feel like there's a couple more, but I can't recall who they are. Is Ant-Man in there? Yeah, Ant-Man's got a few movies, and, and Black Panther. I'm sure there'll be a sequel to that as well. But he's um, not an Avenger. Uh, he is by the last two Avengers movies. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. They grew quickly? They're all pretty much considered Avengers, because in the comic book lore, pretty much every Marvel character at some point is known as the Avengers. Like, even you've got X-Men movies in there, you've got Deadpool, um, Daredevil. I was going to say, aren't the X-Men Marvel characters too? They are. Now, this is going to be interesting going into the new phases because Disney has acquired Fox since, like, recently. Since they started doing Phase 3, they've had um, mm -hmm. Fox's properties, which includes the X-Men movies. So, I think eventually could even take up to 10 years, they will intertwine those characters. Hopefully they don't ever touch Wolverine again because Hugh Jackman's Wolverine was, like, perfect in the sense that he's he did, like, nine or ten movies as Wolverine. You can't really... Holy crap! ...do another... get another character to do that, you know what I mean? But they yeah. will be intertwining that. Um, the only character that I can see that they might transfer over is Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool because that is, like, a perfect representation of that character. 
and Ryan mm. Reynolds is all over that he loves doing that project. Um, so yeah, but since that acquisition, they might they might intertwine a lot more into the Avengers and the MCU because mm. they are not stopping this train anytime soon. They're just going to keep going forward because they're making all the money off it. So, is there anything else you wanted to say? Any any ideas as to where you think it might go? Any villains that you think you might know from the Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame were originally announced as Infinity War Part 1 and 2. Uh, so that's essentially one really long movie. They, they were filmed back-to-back. They run on from each other. Um, so they, ha- they have one villain, and then the other two have their own villain as well. Do you even know who who is who or anything like that? No. I mean, you've got to consider me pretty much a total noob going into this. I only know what I've seen from movie trailers. So essentially we've established that you know fuck all and you've seen fuck all, so that's kind of a good starting point. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's all we wanted to establish really is that you've seen Iron Man and Spider-Man Homecoming. And I mean I've expressed this before I'm I'm nervous only because it's it's a big task. Um but I'm excited because this is a big part of entertainment for our generation that I haven't partaken in, partaken, partook. I haven't participated in. And I think it's important that, you know, as a member of Generation Whatever the Fuck We Are Now, that I participate in that. Um, And like you said, I'm going to treat it as a TV series, as like something you binge watch on Netflix. Yeah. Um, And we'll, we'll take it probably one half a movie at a time. It'll be good. And we'll see how we go. So you just heard that we listed off all of the Marvel movies in order, and we basically established that Danielle has seen three of them. We thought it was two, but it was it was Iron Man, Iron Man 2, and Spider-Man Homecoming. We did watch that oh, um, that's morning right. we just got together. So there was three that you had seen and you hadn't you didn't know anything else about it. So now we have seen up to and including Captain Marvel. We haven't seen Endgame yet. So when we're going into this whole three-phase episodes on these bonuses, that's with the assumption of Danielle has no idea what happens in Endgame. So um, we will watch Endgame together after we finish recording those. So that's the precedent there. And in that clip that you just heard, we also said that Phase 4 and 5 had not been announced. They hadn't said a, they hadn't confirmed a single other movie. But considering five months has been since we recorded that, they have announced it. I believe it was at San Diego Comic-Con. They announced what the new movies are. So I was just going to list off what the Phase 4 and 5 movies are that they have announced. Mm. Um, Because basically I was just like, yeah, they're going to make a new Captain Marvel sequel, Black Panther sequel, probably Doctor Strange 2. You know what I mean? Those are the obvious ones. But apart from that, no one's actually confirmed anything. So here's the ones that they have confirmed. Uh, So there's going to be Black Widow movie. The Eternals, which I think is kind of like Space X-Men. I don't really know anything about them. Uh, They look like they have just, like, psychic powers and shit. Um, There's one called Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which is a long and kind of dumb title there. I don't really know what that is. Mm. Uh, There's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So there's a sequel to Doctor Strange, Multiverse... Exploring the multiverse could be really interesting. Mm. Uh, there's an untitled Spider-Man sequel, which was kind of obvious because Spider-Man's awesome. Uh, and then there's Thor Love and Thunder. So that's the fourth Thor movie directed um, by Taika Waititi, who did the third one. And this is introducing back Natalie Portman because she hasn't been in there for many years. I thought that she had said that she's not doing it again. Maybe, you know, Disney backed up a truckload of money to her house or something and said, Do you want to be in the fourth one? Or she's, I don't know, changed her mind because she very publicly said that um, she's not going to do any of that again. So I'm very surprised that she's in that. And she's going to be like a female Thor. So I don't know how they're going to do that. So that's um, phase four ending 2021, which is not that far away, to be honest. Um, We saw the title block for Thor 4 and it looks very 80s and I think that's what they're going for. Yeah, it kind of looks like He-Man. Like I'm just thinking, like even the title "Love and Thunder." Yeah, I can, I can, I can guess how they're gonna incorporate. If someone's that. gonna do this, it's Taika Waititi. He handled Ragnarok very well. It just sounds full of cheese. Is all I'm trying yeah. to say. Good cheese or bad cheese? <laughs> Not sure yet. Okay. Yeah, we haven't really seen anything else from it. Love and Thunder. Yeah. 
Uh, I think they're leaning into it with that title, particularly. Mm. And the obviously the graphic style. So Phase 5, starting in 2022, you got a Black Panther sequel. These are probably going to have subtitles and, and different titles, but there's a Black Panther sequel, a new Ant-Man's, Ant-Man 3, uh, Blade, which was uh, a couple of movies in the early 2000s with Wesley Snipes. It's kind of like like a Buffy kind of thing where he's going around fighting mm. vampires. It's very cheesy. I don't know how they're going to do that. Uh, Captain Marvel sequel, Fantastic Four. This is the first time. Like, they keep trying to redo Fantastic Four. There's not a single good Fantastic Four movie out there. But uh, come, like, 2023, maybe they've integrated it a little bit better. Um, and then there's a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which was announced years ago, and I'm surprised that they've pushed that out to 2023. I know that's had some development hell with uh, James Gunn and everything, but um, that's pretty much it. I'm surprised that there's not even an Avengers movie. They're not even going to be trying to do another Avengers. Surely they're going to be leading up to some other group collaboration, even if it's not Avengers. Um, Maybe that's meant to be Fantastic Four or something. I'm not sure. And they haven't also announced how they're going to integrate X-Men, which is kind of inevitable. I think they're going to try to do that over the next 10 years or so. If they integrate the X-Men, does that mean they're going to try and integrate Deadpool? I don't know. I don't know. Um, so now that you've seen them all, what did you think? Was it because you were talking about how you're nervous but excited because it's such a big part of pop culture, but it's like such a big task. It was such a huge commitment and it took us. It's taken us five months. Yeah, just because like you don't want to sit down like you crazy person. You sat down and watched them all in like one week or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wasn't about to do that. I would have been was, overloaded. Essentially three movies a day, every day for seven days. I watched the first yeah. 21 movies. Fuck that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like I needed time in between so that, I mean, because they bleed together anyway. Yeah. Um, but so that they don't bleed together more. That's a hard question to answer. What did I think? Was it hard to watch? Like, No, they were entertaining. Did you enjoy um, the process? I, I bought into them a lot, which is good. It, I think it. Um, says something about the quality of the movies and how engaging they can be and why they're such a pop culture phenomenon. I liked some better than others for different reasons. Some stuff was dumb. Some stuff just wasn't my particular cup of tea. Some stuff was great. Some stuff was, you know, like I always say, when you really hate a character, that means they were written and played and acted very well. So there were some characters like that. I had mentioned in that clip that you just heard that the MCU very much plays like a TV series, and each phase yes. is essentially a season, so it's a, it's pretty much three seasons. If you looked at the actual runtime, season one is a 17-episode season of about 44 minutes, you know, it's like a typical season of a drama. Mm. Um, so it very much feels like that to me. I consider it that way, and we said that back in episode 14. And we even watched it that way. Yeah. We watched a lot of half movies because that's what this necessitated. Yeah. We watched through it as if we were a TV series. And anyone going into the MCU fresh like you, I would suggest it's it's very much like a TV series rather than a series of movies. Um, Because no other cinematic universe or franchise really feels like this. This was designed from the ground up to be a cinematic universe and one thing leads on to the next and leads on to the next while also trying to be standalone. It's it's very unique and it's very hard yeah. to recreate, which people have tried to do. You said that and I'm like, well, Star Wars though, but different. Very different. different. Yeah. yeah. I was even thinking of like, I don't know, Fast and Furious movies. They're very different. standalone and yeah, like Mission Impossible movies. I don't know. There's There's movies with a lot of titles, like nine or ten, you know, like you were talking about Star Wars, even Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. They feel very different with between installments. It's it's fair enough if you're like, oh, was that in Winter Soldier or Civil War? I don't remember. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way that they're designed. It's kind of unique that way, but I kind of like it. It gives it its own unique feeling for what is you, the MCU. I can't think of anything else that involves a cast this big. With so many roles that are integral. Can I just say, I can't think of another single property that has such good casting. No one in this could really be cast. But like over all of the first 22 movies, there's like you know hundreds of characters. You've got the main characters, the side characters, the villains. 
Mm. There's maybe two or three that I would recast. They're so perfectly cast. I mean, Chris Hemsworth is Thor. Chris Evans is Captain America. Like, every single person is perfect. Maybe I'd recast, like, Scarlet Witch or someone because I don't really like Elizabeth Olsen in that role. Um, but I can't think of anyone else. Like, it's... Really? I like I her a lot in think that it's role. Brilliant. Yeah, well, that's... Okay. That's... Even that's subjective, you know what I mean? Someone like you might mm. think... Like, Nick Fury? Fucking Samuel Jackson? He's perfect for that role. You couldn't... You couldn't get better. Mm. And there's so many of them like that, and I just think that's... That's really a testament to this series. I couldn't recast this better. So before we get into phase one, I was just going to ask, do you have a favorite for the series? That's an impossible question, so okay. I'm not going to answer it. I think the correct answer is Iron Man. For me or for you? For me. We spoke about it in episode four on The Dark Knight as to why I think Iron Man is brilliant, and I, I like it for similar reasons that I like The Dark Knight. It's mm. grounded in reality. It's a plausible storyline. It's such a likable character considering the situation. I really like Iron Man, and I think that it's still one of the best. That's why I liked Iron Man initially. Like, I remember when it came out, and I think we've talked about this, is that I did like that it seemed like something that could actually happen. And Mm. I remember, you know, when Thor got brought into the mix, for me anyway, I was like, oh, like, we're taking this somewhere totally different. And so I was kind of disappointed. However, upon watching the entire series, I'm much more okay with it now. And I found, like, of the Thor movies, like, I liked the first one the least because it was so grounded on Earth. I'm like, this is boring. I want to see yeah. Asgard. I want to see space. Well, they kind of needed to have that transition between Earth and out in space. So mm. I, I think that's why they set that. We'll get that to that in a second. Um, mm. You kind of like that fantasy sci-fi, which is why you like Star Wars. You like Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it's just, if you're going to mix it, mix it well. And what I wanted to say is that I think Marvel did do that very well. I think it's mixed better looking back retroactively than what you did back then when it was released. It's like, oh, really, Thor? Okay. Uh, And then, yeah, you look back and you're like, yeah, that actually was a good decision to try and splice that. And you're always going to have audiences be mad about something or, oh, you shouldn't have done that. So, I don't know. I I think it was all quite good. Um, I did just want to give honorable mentions to some of the other ones that I personally love in the entire series. I think Spider-Man Homecoming is very good. I really liked Black Panther. We watched that again recently. Mm. Uh, I think I really like that personally. And I very much like Endgame. Like, it's been several months, eight months or so since I've seen it. The hype's died down. I'm not the biggest Marvel Cinematic Universe fanboy so I can try to step back and really assess it. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I'm just going to say, because we're not going to cover Endgame here or on any of these other Marvel things, I just wanted to say what I thought of that. And I think as a movie, I'd give it about a 7 out of 10, because if you try to actually think about the storyline and how it actually works, it makes no fucking sense. And the integration of Captain Marvel into that, I didn't really like. Don't spoil anything. (laughs) Um, but on an entertainment level and how fun it is, absolute 10 out of 10. It is the most entertaining one for me out of all of them. And that's mm. me not like being too drawn into the hype or anything. That's me just being like, this is something that I think is fun as hell and I want to rewatch and rewatch. So initially, uh, you know, it's, it's okay. But if, if I really ranked it on an entertainment value, it is perfect. I found it entertaining as hell. Good to know. Yeah. All right. So, let's get started with phase one. The very first movie was Iron Man 2008. I love Iron Man. If, like, we did talk about this, like I just said, on the Dark Knight episode, and the reason why I like it is because it's grounded in reality. The choice of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man was so questionable when they announced it, because Robert Downey Jr. has had a shaky past, to say the least. All through the 90s and the early 2000s, he went to prison and he was dealing with drugs. And I just want to say hats off to him to be able to have such a comeback 
and to really learn from that past, I just, mm. I'd like to shake his hand and be like, fucking congratulations for, like, really coming back because he was doing, what else did he do in 2008? He did Tropic Thunder, that's what it was. And he's also done the um, Sherlock Holmes movies since then as well. He was really trying to get back on his feet because he had let go of the drugs several years before Iron Man, but the public image of him in that role was like, oh, really, that guy? Um, but he was kind of perfect because of the character of Tony Stark. He's kind of like yes. this very playboy. Cocky. Cocky, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think he was, like I said, perfect casting, perfect casting. And like congratulations to Robert Downey Jr. to be able to make that Iron Man. Like he really defined who is Tony Stark. Mm. I've gone on a lot about Tony Stark here, and <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Uh, I think the casting is perfect and I think it was absolutely perfect for the role. Um, and I really like the character. I was surprised when I first watched this that I'm like, oh, was it meant to be set around terrorism and stuff? Because back then, well, even now, like, the world is full of a lot of terrorism groups, and I'm like, was that always meant to be? What you're trying to say is that it it fit well into the current political climate. Essentially, yeah, that's much better wording than what I did. Um, Because he went over to the Middle East, and I'm like, that wouldn't have been right back in the 60s or whatever but it was a different thing and i think they've adapted that well is what i'm trying to say uh into the current climate yes yeah did you have anything to say on iron man we've already talked about it on previous episodes on this episode i love the soundtrack of all the iron man movies i think it's so fitting um to the character of iron man and the character of tony stark um i really liked i really liked the first Iron Man movie. That was a pretty cool movie. And I remember when it came out, and I remember liking it then. We watched it at school, I think. I really liked it, so. Well, a lot of people were like, who the fuck is Iron Man? What the hell is that character? Um, and everyone knows who Iron Man is now. Like, that movie mm. really solidified. What is that? Because I had never heard of that character. I'm not a comic book fan. Mm. And I think most people were like that as well. They'd sort of heard of the X-Men, they'd heard of Spider-Man, and they're like, uh, I don't really know why you're doing that, you know what I mean? And then they watch the movie and they're like, holy shit, that actually was really good. So I think Iron Man as a whole was very surprising in many levels. Yeah. yeah. And then a couple of months later was The Incredible Hulk with Edward Norton as Bruce Banner. And I said this when I we went into it with you. Mm. It very much feels like a sequel. And I think it's a sequel to the Eric Banner movie from 2003. Only five years previous, you had an origin story of the Hulk. That mm-hmm. movie had, is it Captain Ross, Sergeant Ross, whatever. His villain Ross character. And that ended up with him going into hiding in the slums, in the jungle. And this new one with Edward Norton in 2008, that one starts with him in the slums. You've already established what is Hulk. He's already gone through this process. He has flashbacks of the actual experiment. Mm. So if you want an origin story of Hulk, go watch the Ang Lee movie from 2003. It's not perfect, but then again, the one from 2008 isn't perfect as well. Um, I think it very much plays like a sequel. Mm. I want to say too, like... I didn't actually watch these movies, and I'm not sorry that I didn't, you know? Oh, right, because we watched the recap. Yeah, we watched the recap. It gave me what I needed to. Also, like, unfortunately, there was a lot of bouncing around. Like, there have been three Hulks. There's been Eric Banner, Ed Norton, and Mark Ruffalo. Um, Honestly, I think Eric Banner would have made the best Hulk. Yeah. I like Ruffalo in this role, but he doesn't seem typical, and maybe that's the point. I um, agree with you there, absolutely. I'm yeah. su- it's surprising how Ruffalo has fit into this. He's definitely grown on me, um, yeah. but it took a few movies of Ruffalo being Hulk. Well, in the beginning, like, why? You know? Yeah, I think Edward Norton just didn't want to do the role anymore. I'm not really sure. He had a falling out. He was maybe a was weird money. pick. He was a weird pick, yeah. I didn't like him in that role personally yeah um anyway i don't think i missed anything by not watching these movies except for maybe a good tim roth performance but you know i can live with that yeah that was one of the few that we actually watched the recap because it doesn't really have any impact 
The Hulk is very much like Marvel pumps out a lot of movies that aren't in this universe. There was Venom last year. You know what I mean? That's an example yeah. of one that isn't in this universe. And if they didn't have that Tony Stark cameo at the end, they probably could have said have known. they probably yeah. could have just said this wasn't actually part of the universe. Just wipe that out. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't really received very well. I would almost compare it to how they've been handling Spider-Man because there've been three people in the last 20 years playing Spider-Man, you know, same with Hulk. Mm. They keep trying to re-show you this same character and it's never really hit the nail on the head. I mean, those first Tobey Maguire ones, I love them, but they're a bit, they haven't aged very well. Uh, And also the way that they handled Spider-Man Homecoming, they were basically like, there's previous origin stories. You can just pretty much, oh, so here we go. He's already got his powers. Let's go from here. And that's essentially what they did with Hulk in this first one. So mm. I would very much compare Hulk to Spider-Man Homecoming, oddly enough, uh, if in that respect, how they just sort of launched it off because everyone sort of already well, knows like, this character. Yeah, you know this story. Yeah, you know. I think the way we'll they integrated Homecoming was brilliant. Um But yeah, this Hulk mm. one is kind of a, a mess, really. It's uh, It's kind of forgettable. Yeah. I can't give a really, That's you know, good impression of it because I didn't actually see it, but I'm not sorry that I didn't see it. And that's I think you watched really what was necessary. Which yeah. Is, yeah. I got the gist. Way. Also, Betty never comes back. Oh, is that a Oh, yeah. Spoiler? Betty never comes back. Because she was in the first one. It was Jennifer Connelly. And then Liv Tyler played her. Yeah, it's just like, what happens to Betty? No more Betty. Yeah, they just they just completely ignored that. They didn't even mention because some of the other women didn't come back for a few movies and they basically just said, yeah, you know, they're busy, they're doing this, blah, blah, blah. But they mentioned her. They never once mentioned Betty Ross again. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Iron Man 2. And that brings us to Iron Man 2, yeah. So I think this one gets judged very harshly. A lot of people don't like it and I can kind of see why, but I think it's fun. I kind of like it. I thought it. it was a good sequel to the first Iron Man. Yeah. There are things, like, I thought it was a good movie. There are things I don't like about it, but I think it was necessary in the progression and character development of who is Tony Stark. Yeah, so if they went back and redid Iron Man 2, I don't know what they could do that would be better than this. It was kind of necessary stepping stones. I like that it um it explored... Howard Stark a little bit more and his relationship with Tony. There's a really cool sort of montage there where he's creating a new element. Completely ridiculous, but I think it's an interesting say, sequence to watch. Is this that one? Yeah, yeah, it is. That was a... Yeah, okay. It didn't make any sense, but I, I thought it was interesting. I like the race scene in Monaco where you in, first introduce Whiplash's like capabilities. I think that's a cool scene. He's got mm. that suit in the in the briefcase that he sort of like folds into his body. I really like the idea of like having different suits that are good for different contexts. And you obviously they lean into that more with the Avengers and Iron Man three and and the rest of it. But this was the first time you really saw different suits for different applications. Well, I like that. I said I liked that they were consistent with ACDC and Iron Man throughout the franchise. Yeah, that yeah. was Iron Man. It worked really well. Um, did they have a lot in Iron Man 3? Iron Man 3 was a different feel. It, it really was. And I don't think they had any ACDC in the third one. And you wrote that down because you're like, what the fuck? Like the this first two Iron was Man. very ACDC. Uh, you've got those really cool, like I said this to you, every one of these movies in the MCU has a fucking cool animation sequence for the credits. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've always played ACDC over those and they've always sort of been really badass. And they stepped away from that for some reason for the third one. So uh, the first two definitely have a similar feeling. Well, because I think it was less about Iron Man and it was more about Tony Stark. Oh, the third one. There was Yeah, there was very little Iron Man in that we'll movie. We'll get to that when we get to yes. phase two. I really liked Tony and Pepper's relationship in this one. This is where you yeah. really start to see a lot of the development. Yeah. Um, because in the first one, he's sort of just sleeping around. And then the second one, it's like, oh, will they, won't they kind of thing. One that gets to a point where it's like, you evidently care about each other, like, man up and quit being a little wuss. Um, I think the first one, Pepper's almost sort of like a glorified damsel in distress, and the second one 
really highlights who she is as a character. Like, she's incredibly smart, very capable. She becomes the CEO, and she's sort mm-hmm. of running the company there, and she's got some lady balls behind her, otherwise what she does. It's just interesting with her character development. Mm. You also get, this is where we get introduced to Black Widow, but we don't know it yet. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good integration there. I kind of like that as well. Because mm. I didn't, because they didn't, they call, kept calling her Romanov. Yeah. Right, that's her well, name. Well, she is Agent Romanov. Yeah. yeah, which is kind of an interesting side note that they didn't try to make her have an accent because she's meant to be Russian. And they're just like, yeah, just do yeah, what you Yeah, but she's want. a spy. She's a spy, yeah. though, so that she's sort of trained with different accents and stuff. But yeah. they didn't at once in this whole series try to make Scarlett Johansson have an accent, which I kind of, I'm cl- glad for, I guess. Mm. Um, I think she did speak Russian, like within the films. I don't remember which one, but there was I a point where she did speak Russian. I think it was the first Russian. Avengers one. Was it the one when she's like interrogating, quote unquote, the guy in the chair, and she's like, "Yeah, this guy's telling me everything. He's an idiot," sort of thing, and then she kicks ass. Yeah, I think that was the first Avengers movie. I think they're going to be really looking at her backstory in this new Black Widow movie. It's interesting that they tried to do a Black Widow movie this far into the series her character was introduced in 2009 you know what i mean it's ages ago but i think it'll be good because they've hinted at some stuff that they've never actually answered yeah particularly budapest The, the fans want what happened in budapest because there's a lot of interactions between her and hawkeye hawkeye yeah it's like remember what happened in budapest and what are you talking about Yeah. yeah so we're gonna find out which will be cool yeah there is a lot of integration. Like this, You can sort of see the start of the Avengers in Iron Man 2. You've got Nick Fury talking to Tony Stark, and Black Widow announces herself as this, you know, Black Widow spy kind of thing. I think the reason why these first two feel differently to the third is because Jon Favreau directed these first ones. Mm. And in that third one, I think he was a producer, and obviously he plays Happy. Mm-hmm. But Shane Black had it, and it was a completely different feeling, so... I think the third one is the worst out of the three, but I still kind of enjoy it. We'll get to that in a second. Yeah. I think that Iron Man 2 gets kind of a bad rap. We haven't even mentioned Sam Rockwell. I love him as an actor. He's such a dick. But he is a dick in this, yeah. <laughs> He's such a I love douchebag. It. Oh, that's another part of this that I love, is that whole trial at the beginning where you're basically being introduced to the his hammer character and tony like completely schools mm. him showing off all this tech and his interactions with the congressman um I, I really like that scene as well i think i think there's quite a few elements of iron man 2 that i love and in between it kind of falls flat which is maybe why people don't hold it up there as much but i think it's completely forgivable mm. i think there was one line in this at the end where i'm just like that doesn't suit Tony Stark at all. I think it was it was at the end when he's got to grab Pepper and he's like, you scared the devil out of me. I'm like, Tony Stark would say you scared the shit out of me. There's yeah. no doubt in anyone's mind that's what he would say. I just thought... It's kind of obvious, just stands out a bit. Yeah, I'm just like that... Nah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of the introduction of Don Cheadle as uh, Rhodey, which is another casting yeah. that I'm... It's probably one of the one of the two that I mentioned before that I might recast. Anyone can sort of play that role. Don Cheadle's fine, but yeah. He's too serious for it. I kind of wish that Terrence Howard kept that, um, and he left because of financial. I thought he was really well cast in the first one. The I first thought one? he was yeah. perfect for it, so yeah. that was too bad, but whatever. On to Thor? Yeah. Uh, so the fourth one in the series is Thor. I didn't like Thor. I didn't like Thor either. I never really did. Um, origin stories are difficult to do. They really are. So, Thor's boring. It was! It's set mostly in New Mexico and a fantastical Asgard. Those are the two things. Your main character hasn't really grown into the character we know today. He's kind of an asshole. No offense to anybody, but... Ugh, New Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> like, ugh. It's all, wonder, it's, I'm not sure the reasoning for that, but whenever aliens come to Earth, it's usually like London and New York, which we have seen before. Uh, so maybe they just wanted to pick somewhere sort of random and uh, isolated to try and have Thor be introduced to what is humanity and what is it like to be mortal and 
that's sort of what the story development of Thor is. It goes mm. down that road. Maybe that's the reason why they went to New Mexico. I'm not sure. I kind of think this is boring. It's fine, but it's not in my top ten. You know about the history of New Mexico and aliens, don't you? Yeah, Roswell, New Mexico. Okay. Yeah. Or Area 51. Yeah. Maybe that's what. Maybe that was the reason. I don't know. Maybe. So throughout, we've we've made some DC comparisons where we're saying, you know, Iron Man is a lot like Batman. And I have here Thor is a lot like Superman. In what way? He's an alien, humanoid, super strong person. Yeah. See, the thing with Superman, which there was really interesting dialogue at the end of Kill Bill when we watched those, mm-hmm. how basically he was saying that Superman is Superman and his alter ego is Clark Kent, while everyone else, like Peter Parker, mm-hmm. he is Peter Parker and his alter ego is Spider-Man. He's kind of the opposite mm-hmm. there. Thor is Thor. Yeah. He has to dress like a human. Yeah. Whilst Tony Stark is Tony Stark, but he dresses like Iron Man. So that's the comparison that I can sort of see where he is an alien. He had to come down here and he has to learn these ways and blend in with us. So I can see the comparison that you're yeah. making there. Is my I'm point. thinking about that too. Another reason why I didn't like this one a lot. There's a lot of cringy stuff where it's like he's learning about Earth and it's just like, you didn't have to, you didn't have to do it that way, you know? Yeah, like what? Like when he's sitting in the diner and he's like, that was delicious, get me another, and he smashes the glass. Yes. And it's just like, (laughs) okay, I get it, but like, that's dumb. And Natalie Portman's lab assistant, she's the most annoying character. She's so annoying. She's more annoying in Dark World. She's like, oh my god. I I don't miss those people. Um, Yeah. There was also the scene where Thor goes into the pet store, he's like, get me a horse. And he's like, um, we don't have horses. Yeah. We only have, like, you know, dogs and cats and stuff. Well, get me one of those that's big enough to ride. So it's it's so dumb, but I kind of like that line. <laughs> like, I see the comedy, I see the humor. It just didn't land well with me. Yeah. And this was one, I think this is actually the only one that I watch where I'm like, fuck, I have to sit through two hours of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. It just didn't resonate really well with me. And I know, like, it was necessary. Like, we get introduced to Hawkeye here. You do need a bit of an introduction there. You get introduced to Loki as well. I love his character and his whole character arc. But, yeah, it was it was kind of necessary. It's fine, but I find it boring. Yeah. There's also the trait where, like, his entourage comes to town and they're walking down the street and people are like, oh, is, is Comic-Con in town or something? What yeah, is like, know. it was just, there was a lot... I see, it just, it, it wasn't played out well. It could have been really funny. Like, you could have done... Parts of it are, but I think, yeah, I misses. think you could have done, like, some Guardians stuff with it in the way that, like, because mm. Guardians of the Galaxy has a lot of different humor, and I think you could have done a little bit more with Thor. I don't know. This one, I just, I really didn't like this one. The more we talk about it, I'm like, this, bleh. Yeah. Well, even the uh, humor that's in the third one, could have gone really far in this one. Like, if you got Taika Waititi in this first one, it would have been a very different movie. Kenneth Branagh directed this one. He's an odd choice. I would not have picked it. He is a very old Shakespearean kind of actor from the you know early what, 90s. Too? He was it was Professor Lockhart in Harry Potter. We were watching that, that thing this morning. What was that? The... Uh, we watched the Expanding the Universe documentary, which was released in 2014. So it's a little out of date now. And he was in there, and I was like, how are you involved in this? I didn't remember yeah. that he directed this movie. He's got an interesting career. Well, it's just, like, now that I know that or remember that, I'm like, well, of course it was like that. Like, he was not a, he was not a good choice. Yeah. For the, nah. Anyway. He's very good when he's in his wheelhouse. This is not it. Yeah, exactly. He did the recent Murder on the Orient Express. Like I said, he was also in uh, Harry Potter. He was in that Wild Wild West movie with... Will Smith from 1999, he was like this old-timey western villain with like a big dastardly mustache sort of thing. Mm. Uh, he was in Rabbit Proof Fence we watched. As he like was a good indie there. Australian film. Yeah. He was very he's good in that. He's just all over the place. And to get him to direct this, it's just like... Well, uh, okay, he's... Weird. <laughs> he is all over the place, but I he's... I do love him in his kind of typecast. So 
he's working with the same sorts of characters in all those different films, and this is not that sort of thing. Yeah. I've seen a lot of these Phase 1 movies a lot because it was, you know, Phase 1. So whenever Phase 2 movies came out, I'm like, okay, i got to rewatch Phase 1 yeah. again. So, yeah, i got to rewatch Phase 1. So I've seen them the most, and I'm really kind of exhausted by them, particularly Hulk and Thor. And- I said I liked the fantastical parts of this film the best, the parts that were based in Asgard. Um, yeah. And that's because you're comparing Asgard to New Mexico. What is more yeah. sparkly and colorful and fun? You know what I mean? So, and I think I liked Thor 2 a lot better because it was, it had a lot more to do with It sort Asgard. of lent into that more, the fantastic side yeah. sort of thing and had creatures and stuff. So it was very much a fantasy, the second one. Mm. So after Thor, in the same year I think it was, was Captain America, the first Avenger. Now this is the one that I watched the least and it was the last one of phase one that I saw. Mm-hmm. So... I really like this movie. So it's probably my second favorite out of all Phase 1 behind Iron Man 1. I went into this with the assumption, like, I remember even when it came out, I was like, Captain America? Because I knew that Captain America was created as, like, war propaganda. So when Mm. it came out, I was like, oh, how up themselves, you know? Yeah. No offense, Americans. So you didn't know it was in the MCU when it came out? I did, but I was like, how does this fit into anything? You know, I just, I wasn't sure. So you didn't know it was set during the war? No, I didn't. So. That would well, be interesting. I, well, I'm trying to remember. I just remember thinking like, wh- why? I didn't understand how integral the character of Captain America was. I thought it was set in modern day so i was like how are you gonna fit this war hero into how are you gonna do that um this is one of those ones where i was really pleasantly surprised i really liked this movie i liked like it was so necessary for them to set it in the 40s it was so necessary it had to be yeah i like how it tied in the early years of how it's stark and shield and what was actually happening in the real world because they have they have copies of Captain America 1 with the exact same cover art that the real Captain America number 1 came out. Mm. Like, they tied it together in reality really well. It's very grounded. It's sort of a war epic before anything else. It's a character study very much. Mm. And I really like his character. Um, that's the reason why Captain America works. It, uh, Like the Doctor said, Stanley Tucci's in this mm-hmm. as the Doctor. Uh, I really like him as an actor and in this role. He basically says that it it heightens whatever your current characteristics are. So if you're brave, you're going to be extra brave. Um, I really like this. Now, we spoke about this. uh, We were doing bonus episodes. I think it's the fourth bonus episode or so. We were answering questions. And one of the questions was just like, what was the last movie you watched? And we had just watched Captain America. So we gave a bit of our initial thoughts after just watching it um, back in that episode. So I'm trying to remember what we actually said in there. I remember being very pleasantly surprised when I went back and watched this. You've got Tommy Lee Jones in there, which some people might forget that he's in these movies. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it's a very good origin story. And like I said, origin stories are hard to do. It was very good because you had to, like, everyone was new for this. You couldn't have anybody existing. Yeah. Like the only person you had existing like you said was Howard Stark, but even then he had to be recast as younger. Yep. Like it was so good. I'm just I'm trying to give some some objective reasoning as to why I really liked this movie. The costuming mm. was great. The casting was really good. The sets were perfect. Like we talked about um the writing was great. The the story development because he does go from being he is a propaganda puppet in the beginning mm, yeah and then he just says stuff this and goes and does his own yeah that's thing. essentially what i was saying like he's both propaganda in the real world and in the mcu mm. and i think that that's tied very together very well and that's what i was trying to say before I said this is quite Star Wars-esque, and I don't remember what I meant by that. What does that mean? (laughs) I don't know if it's just the development, like if he's got a similar trajectory to Luke Skywalker is is what I meant by that. Mm, I don't don't know. know what I meant by that. 
Weird. I like how it shows off the Stark Expo because that's highlighted a lot in Iron Man 2. And then you see the origins of this, mm. which New York had the actual World's Expo, World's Fair, back in 1940 or something. Mm. And it looks very similar to what they're depicting here. So it's kind of a knockoff there. And Howard Stark's interesting because he's very much like a Howard Hughes kind of yeah. eccentric billionaire. And he turns into sort of this like assholey Walt Disney character by the time he gets to be in Iron Man 2. You know what I mean? He's very much amalgamation of those. Um, he's an interesting character. I like seeing, okay, what are the origins of this? What is it like back then? Let's look at New York and Brooklyn. And I really quite like this movie. What are the origins of Captain America as someone who doesn't know what the character is? How does he get his shield? Why is his shield important? Why has he got this goofy star-spangled uniform on you know what i mean and they lean into that it's because it's propaganda it really did a good job of combining like the war the very real thing that was world war ii with some of these fantastical elements like red skull and hydra you know what i mean Mm. like it and it didn't feel tacked on quite amazingly you know the most cartoony and weird thing about this movie that takes me out of it is the actual physical red skull like he has a red skull that he peels his face Mm. off um what was the reason for that again they were doing testing on the tesseract which makes its first appearance here Mm -hmm. it was something like that like he touched it or something and it fucked up his face so it was on earth why was it on earth uh, because I believe the Asgardians brought it here, like Odin brought it to Norway a thousand years ago or something like that. They do mention it in the beginning. And then how remember. does it, it get back like to Asgard? I think it's here for all of the Avengers movies. And then by the end of the first Avengers movie, it has to get sent back to Asgard. Oh, that's right. When Thor takes Loki back. Right, 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 right. Okay. I said too, this was the first instance where it really started to feel like a series for me. You said that for the first Avengers movie. I wrote it here for Captain America because we're starting to get okay. stuff tied together properly. With Howard Stark? Yeah, and with Shield? Howard Stark and S.H.I.E.L.D. and the end of it with Nick Fury and that, Yeah, okay. You know? Well, the ending is... I really love watching that end sequence a lot because he basically goes to sleep in the ice and then wakes up 70 years in the future that's like unfathomable to me mm-hmm. and to watch him like he runs out into times square for starters i don't know why they're in times square uh do they have, just have an office there somewhere all right uh that's like there's all these flashing lights and there's a lot of sensory overload there's people everywhere there's cars beeping their horns that's such an interesting like abrupt beginning introduction to present day yeah because in the 40s, we saw him running down the streets of, in Brooklyn. And you can see, they, they show you that visual just so that you can make the comparison in your own mm. head. It basically, you've had this whole movie set in the 40s, and now, bam, you're in 2010 or whenever this is meant mm. to be set. It makes you feel like the character in that sense. And I kind of like that. Um, I'm very interested as to what this character... How, how is he going to interact with like any of these things? You know what and I mean? And I even... And that's very much what the sequel explores. I really liked the way that he figured out that he was being held. Yeah, that's fun. So... It's fun. And I'm like, S.H.I.E.L.D., like, how did you not research that? You know what I mean? He's yeah. like, I know that you're holding me here because that game happened on this day and I was there. So I can't be here listening to it. On the radio. Meaning that that game would have been played before he ever was given the serum. Yeah. So fucking pick a game that's like after after the war or something. I don't know. You could have done that better, Sheila. Yeah, I'm just like, I can't believe you stuffed that up that bad. Yeah. They needed to give him abrupt revelation, I Mm. guess. And then 2012. You've got Marvel's The Avengers. This is, this rounds out... Phase one, which is basically what they've been leading up to since the very beginning. They've tried to, like, put this together. And in my head, this is where it started to become a TV series to me. I probably watched this after watching the first Iron Man and Thor only. So I didn't really know the character of Hulk. I definitely didn't know the character of Captain America. I hated this movie for a long time. 
I thought it was like CGI garbage. Nothing really strung together. I thought the storyline was weak. The characters are just like, who the fuck are these alien characters? They have no meaning. The Tesseract is just this MacGuffin. Loki's an asshole. I hate this movie. See, and that's really interesting that you say that because I specifically said first, I enjoyed this movie because I'd got through all the origin stories. Yes. So I'm just saying, like, when I actually did go through and actually watch phase one in order and rewatch the ones I hadn't seen, I was like, oh, this is fun now. The first yeah. hour of the Avengers movie is like, oh, let's watch them interact with each other, you know? And you've got Captain and Iron Man. They're sort of like in each other's faces. It's fun interactions to see yeah. them for the first time. And you've got, there's gravity behind those interactions. There is, because you know who they are. What does that mean? You know what it I mean? It drives me nuts when I hear people, didn't you say somebody went and saw Endgame without seeing any of the other Marvel movies? There's a lot I'm of like, people who did that. What yeah. is wrong with you? What did we see recently? Oh, we saw we went and saw Rise of Skywalker episode nine. Yeah. And we when we when we left the movie, there was this girl talking to her friends, and she's like, "Oh, it's pretty good considering I haven't seen a single Star Wars movie before." What are you doing here? Why go away? It's it's fine if you want to do that, but episode nine, it's in the title. <laughs> that's like reading the last chapter of Harry Potter only. It really is. It very much is. Um, particularly with Endgame. Endgame is not standalone. It was never meant to be standalone. It's one of the very least standalone ones. Don't go Don't go watch that without seeing the rest, which is why we're on this journey in the first place. I'm glad that you brought up, like, this is definitely one where you have to have seen all of the previous movies to enjoy it the way it was intended to be. And if you watch them all and you watch them in order and properly, it is a very enjoyable movie. Yeah, because I never really understood that, like, Howard Stark was behind Captain America. The Hulk was created because he was trying to recreate Captain America. And like, you wouldn't. There's quite a lot that strings together. And I think it, it retroactively looking back, it's really done really well. I quite like the Avengers now. It falls flat for me towards the end with this generic, you know, Battle of New York sort of thing. There's some really cool shots in there. But I think the first half and even the middle is really quite enjoyable. It really is. This is when I started making my Avengers versus Avengers fight tally. Oh, yeah. We started to, like, write down, okay, Thor versus Hulk here. Okay. Who Thor won? Thor sort of wins. Yeah. And then... Yeah, so we sort of did that, but man, it gets fucking messy. I was going to say, I don't very, know if you stuck with very it. quickly, I was like, this isn't worth it anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. Can I just say, as a whole, with the MCU, their actual powers and who is stronger than who is very vague throughout all of them. It's like, why is this possible? But in this other movie, you showed this that wasn't possible. It's best to try and turn a just, blind eye. Just take I don't it like saying that. Um, yeah. It's very shaky. I think you wrote down that it was very much a dick measuring contest. This movie was. <laughs> yeah. I did write that what down. What do you mean by that? There was because just those interactions. There was like, who did we have? I think we had Iron Man versus Thor, Hulk versus the Black Widow, Hulk versus Thor. Why was Iron Man versus Thor? Because that's when they first introduce, are introduced to each other. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Shakespeare in the Park. Whether trying to chase loki he's like don't take my stuff yeah um no i remember now yep why was there a hawkeye versus black widow fight that's weird because hawkeye was taken over by loki right was that this movie okay yes. loki had control over a few right because i'm like there's no there's no way like if he wasn't that that would ever happen because they go back like long ways um anyway yeah it was it was totally a dick measuring contest this whole thing. Who's stronger than who? Oh, I think it's fun to watch. It's funny. It was. And then you get to a point where they're, like, actually being somewhat diplomatic with each other, but they're still, like, giving each other quips. Like, mm. you're not actually fighting anymore, but you're giving each other quips. Um, so it was funny. And it goes on through the whole movie right till the end where it's, like, ride or die. You know what I mean? So you've got to work together or this is it. Um, and that's mm. when it finally kind of stops. But it was. This was a hilarious, hilarious movie. And I think this one pushed the limits of the CGI at the time more than any of the other ones in the series, particularly with the aliens and how they spliced all the characters together. There's a sequence where Iron Man is on 
the Stark Tower and he's walking and his suit is being pulled off him. I loved that. Yeah. It's really well done. There's some really interesting quips between Stark and Loki. I quite like Loki's character in this. Um, he's kind of like an asshole, but a lovable one. Mm. You can sort of see what his motivations are. What was the name of that? Oh, the Helicarrier. That's right. There's the introduction of the Helicarrier. Was it? Oh, the first one. Yeah, because I'm like, I thought that was yeah. until Captain America 2, but that's when we see more of them. But yes, this is yeah, the first This is just the, the introduction of the Helicarrier. Yeah. yeah. And it's also got that the Hulk enclosure. I like how that's like been designed to contain the Hulk. Mm. And basically Loki tricks Thor and he gets caught in there. It really pushes the limits of the characters and it's the first interaction with them. So I quite like it now. This is where the friendship between Banner and Stark is really first introduced. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And I had said that's a really interesting one that I wouldn't have picked. Um, But it actually makes a lot of sense. And of course it would. They're both geniuses. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, they get each other. They can have conversations that are miles above everyone else's head. And I, I liked that they built onto that dynamic and it sustained through the rest of the movies. That was just, that was one relationship that I really liked that they created. This is also the introduction of Thanos, which his story arc wasn't completed for, geez, how long has it been? Seven years? When is he introduced in this? He is the provider of the alien race that Loki basically leases off him. Mm. Um, the Atari, is that what it is? I guess Atari's? so, yeah. <laughs> Atari's the video game, I don't remember what they're called, the Shitari. Okay. Shitari? I don't fucking know. So. And the shit and Atari. Um, is there an interaction between Thanos and Loki in this movie? Yes, I think there okay. is. He goes to him and he's like, I need an army. Okay. Uh, and then right at the end, one of the end credit scenes, after Loki has failed and been taken as prisoner the shit Tari have been defeated, Thanos is like, all right, I'll do it myself sort of thing. Because Thanos was trying to get the stone that's inside the Tesseract. Mm -hmm. And that thread is the start of basically what is Thanos? What does that mean? So that's kind of interesting. And he's a pretty integral character that it takes a long time to get to. um... Particularly with um, Avengers 3 and 4, yeah. We don't really see him again until Guardians of the Galaxy, do we? I was trying to think when he next popped up. I think it is Guardians. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Which is a ways away still. Yeah. So I think that Phase 1 is the least enjoyable for me because I do think that they get better as the phases go on, which is kind of impressive. That being said, there's some fucking good moments in this Phase 1. You get drawn in more in the other phases. Like, you're hooked. This is the necessary Brussels sprouts you need to eat to have your chocolate cake for dessert. And they really took their time, which is necessary, hand to DC. Take your time to start a universe because they took five years to be able to get to that first Avengers movie. Mm. Um, you got to really take your time. Essentially, from the beginning of the, the universe and the development of the first Iron Man movie, it was actually six or seven years so it does take its time. It is slower paced because, the, like, phase four is going to take two years. That's it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, just going to pump them out three a year or whatever. Um, but that's because you've laid the solid groundwork. Yes, they've done the work. They've put in the time. You've put in the effort. You know what I mean? So they can do that. Uh, some people just want to, you know, as Iron Man says, run before they can walk. Mm. Uh, and sometimes that doesn't work. As someone who has been watching through this series, the two of us, Mm. particularly you being introduced to it all, by the time we got to the first Avengers movie, you were like, I'm tired of this because four are just origin stories. Origin story after origin story. And it's like, it's a re... It gets draining. It is. You have to, it's a reinvestment of your time and commitment because you're having to be introduced to new characters again and again and again and again. And there's nothing, there's yeah, no start payoff. Again. Okay, start again. Um, this is the payoff, and it was a good payoff. The first Avengers movie, I liked it, and it just gets better from there. It really yeah. does. It is the payoff, isn't it? Yeah. 
it do, it is draining, and that's why I was so skeptical to start this whole thing in the first place, because it's like, far out. I have to sit here and watch 22 movies? Are you shitting me? Are you kidding? Like, I have to sit here and watch all those movies, right? It sounds worse than what it is. <laughs> it, it definitely sounds worse than what it is. The beginning, yeah. really, like... We got through the first, like, 18 pretty quick. Pretty quickly. And what I'm trying to say is they are enjoyable. If you want to sit down and watch all these, the only part that you have to quote-unquote drag yourself through is the first few origin stories of Phase 1. And then from there, there's more connecting threads that makes it more enjoyable. Yeah. And less, like, you're like, oh, I already understand that. So it's less strain on your brain to remember everything. Hmm. So that'll be the end of our first part of one of three MCU episodes looking into phase one of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If you guys want to listen to episode two, which is released now over on Patreon or episode three, you're going to head over to WeRDB on Patreon, our bonus episodes, as well as all the other bonus episodes. This has just been a taste as to what you would get. So head over to Patreon to listen to the rest of our conversation. See you next time. And until next week, thanks for listening. Okay, now we're at Iron Man 3. Oh yeah, Iron Man 3. I keep forgetting that this is part of Phase 1 because... Let's talk about it. Can I just... Give me a second. I just want to check that because I think I'm confused. I think you Sorry. are. Sorry. No worries. I think I am too. I've got it right here. Okay, the Avengers is the last okay, one. Okay, that makes sense. You know what it is? It's the next two. It's the next two phases. So phase two finishes with Ant-Man instead of Avengers 2. And phase three finishes with Spider-Man um, Far From Home instead of Avengers Endgame. That's what I was getting confused with. Okay. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's one after Avengers, but no, that's the other two phases. Okay. Sorry. Scrap that shit. Okay.